reminds me of a story. started this podcast together about a year and a half ago, January 2020, before COVID and things happened in the world. And um, sort of the idea was to do a podcast more regularly, but we put it off. I put it off um, just because a lot's happened in that time. But um, I've had a lot of DMs come in recently requesting that I, one, have a podcast. And I was like, oh, I already have one. Um, And two, to, for those that knew that I had a podcast to um, bring it back. So today we're together, my husband and I, and we're talking about the last year and a half and um, how we've sort of remained sane during this time. Or tried to. Or tried to remain sane. <laughs> yeah. And uh, forgive forgive us in advance for the audio quality. We have our dog, Sunny, our puppy, Sunny, in here, who will probably start crying any moment. <laughs> so we may have to pause this and, and get back on. But yeah, we, we thought we would just kind of share our thoughts and feelings about what's going on and how we have tried our best to navigate these times and um, continue to live our best lives in spite of all of the trauma that has occurred yeah. uh, since the last podcast and continues to to occur. Yeah, I was just going to note too that ironically yesterday was September 11th and um, somebody had posted Dr. Will Coles, the person that I recommend following. He's wonderful. He has great content. Um, but he had posted sort of similar themes that he's been seeing today that he saw on September 11, 2001, or around that time, and sort of just, um, you know, the collective uh, trauma and fear and confusion that our country is in. And, um, you know, I can't... I say that the world's in. The world, yeah, that's true, yeah. The world. And um, it doesn't make it any easier today, 20 years later, when we have all of these opinions and um, I guess just social media and how there's sort of an exclamation point after everybody's opinion and there's not a whole lot of room for nuanced conversation. So I really thought if I, if I am to open up these kinds of conversations, I want it to be more in a long form podcast version. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole world right now, obviously, like you said, you know, 2001, um, very different time than 2021, Mm -hmm. especially with social media and the way that we're all swimming in negative energy, or at least that's how it feels for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything seems to be emotionally charged. Everything that you see online, every interaction that I've had recently seems to be emotionally charged. And uh, I think that's why you and I as well like haven't done as many podcasts because 
we've sort of drifted away from engaging with people online and in our own personal lives? I think for me, it's just when I have talked to people, (laughs) whether it is online or even in person, honestly, at times, I can just, from an energy perspective, I can just feel the tension. And to me, it's so unproductive when that energy is present. Like we cannot possibly we cannot possibly see each other, see each other, truly see each other when we're coming in with this sort of veil of judgment. Like our the lens in which we see through things is completely different. Yeah. I mean, my views often fall outside of the Overton window. They don't fall neatly into this bifurcation model of pro this or anti that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it's against my nature because I'm a very analytical person. I'm a lawyer. I like dissecting arguments. I like talking and hashing through things. But I just became exhausted exhausted with trying to express myself. It was, it drains my energy. Mm-hmm. It left me feeling and continues to leave me feeling defeated and socially powerless mm-hmm. because everyone is working off a different set of priors mm-hmm. like generally i think most people they curate their feeds and we all fall into our own little echo chambers everything is reduced down to a sound bite or a headline and there is like you said there's no room for nuance it's completely lost and long-form conversation in the age of tiktok news is it's just dying like yeah. people don't have the patience for it Everyone's living in their own little micro world that's disconnected from everyone else. And when you try to have a conversation with someone, it's like you're speaking in Chinese and they're listening in Russian. Mm -hmm. And what makes it worse is that you can't even agree on the basic truths or the fundamental facts. And so eventually I just surrendered to that reality that um, these collective traumas that we've all endured they've changed us. They've changed all of us. They've changed all of us. And I think like you, as you mentioned, you're a very analytical, critical thinker, and you're always searching for the truth, the bottom line. You're very like logical premise, conclusion type of thinker. And for me, my energy is a lot more like nurturing and not wanting to create conflict and, um, you know, I'm married to you, so you've really challenged my, my line of thinking in a lot of ways. But for sure, if I wasn't married to you, I have to imagine I would just sort of be like, you're right, you're right, you're right to everybody and just kind of try to sort of tame the waters. And so for me personally, I wake up every day with just um, this sort of like conflict between wanting to enjoy life and just being that calm stream but at the same time wanting to improve the world and I'm like how do I how do I have this desire to improve the world but also this desire to enjoy life and there it seems like there's like a conflict there almost well that that's what's been so difficult for me is it's not necessarily you know in the conversations that I I have had over the past year and a half about all sorts of different things you know, these are with friends and family members, and it's not so much about like getting at the truth. 
-hmm. But I think the underlying reason that you want to have those conversations is because you have this deep and meaningful relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But it's felt to me that after everything we've been through, that those relationships, a lot of them, have turned superficial. I think that, and you know, I mentioned this the other day in my Instagram story, I, after the Biden speech to the nation, do not fear your neighbor and don't, don't bite the bait that, that don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Thank you. That we are so different from one another that there's like this crowd that we have to blame or, you know, like in reality, no matter where you fall in any sort of realm, like you are a human being with, I have to imagine for the most part, most people have this loving and good intention, but I think right now we are so, we are so, um, there's this appearance of division. I don't want to say that there is true division, but there's this appearance of division and that we have to sort of um, protect ourselves from this other side, so to speak. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, you know, the media manufactures division because Mm -hmm. it generates a lot of clicks and it generates a lot of attention and we're in an attention economy. And so... The sound bites and headlines, they're engineered to make you react. I think a, a lot of way. people in our generation, I think, are aware of that. I think. But what, you know, there's this Carl Jung quote. I'm actually reading this book on Carl Jung right now. And um, he was talking about sort of the, the differences between Eastern culture and Western culture as a metaphor for the human psyche. And he said that there's this sort of split that uh, there's like this split between the inner power and creativity of our souls Mm. and the outward pull of collective thinking, whether that's religious, political, or scientific. And I think that's where we're kind of seeing the world head right now. We're we're heavy on the outward pull. It might not necessarily be the the main stream or, you know, the the news anchors, because I think a lot of people, if they're being honest know that that they should be skeptical of the mainstream media you know totally totally well that that's the issue is that we're being programmed to fear ideas and people that are different than us and there's this immense pressure to conform this pressure to broadcast your affiliations to everyone and reduce yourself to labels like, sorry, but the emojis in your Instagram bio tell me nothing about who you really are as an individual. <laughs> uh, you know, we're like, we're all pressured to think the same thoughts, to feel the same emotions, subscribe to the same ideologies, read the same news, share, share the same stories, follow the same experts, and echo the same sound bites. But that, that's exactly why nuance is lost. Yeah. Because there's, we no longer have the patience to just quietly listen and try to understand someone else's perspective and not just that but feel okay with not knowing where you stand like i think there's this pressure from society not just to just to put yourself in a little emoji box necessarily but to to form an opinion on things like maybe maybe you don't have an opinion and that's like honestly i respect that you know like you're open like a wise man once said i don't know like i think we live in sort of this society of know-it-alls and 
I, you know, that's something I've had to work on really is kind of recovering from my know-it-allness. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what social interactions feel like a lot. Like you, you are at some social gathering, you're at a bar or something, you're with friends or coworkers and someone starts talking about one of the, you know, topics du jour mm-hmm. and everyone has this very strong opinion about what's going on and they start you know, rattling off all these facts about it and you feel pressured. You feel pressured to like take a side and have an opinion and, and comment on, you know, oh, I read that story too and here's what I thought about it. But I, I caught myself, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, like, and I, re- I don't understand what's going on. And you know? for every expert that, that says one thing, there's another expert that says another thing that says the opposite. And, you know, it, it's a lot of pressure on, on people today to, to conform to something really quick, you know, or in the sort of, like you said, TikTok society where you need like a fast sort of, you know, you need a fast take on whatever's happening in the world. But I wanted to mention too that everything that you're talking about, that sort of pressure, I think you can see it within the, you know, anxiety that our that our society is under today and the depression that we're facing. I recently saw a statistic uh, from Dr. Will Cole again um, on Instagram that the average young adult today has the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. And, you know, I think that's the foods that we eat or don't eat, but there's also stresses and toxins and environmental pollutants and overuse of technology and sort of this loss of meaningful social connection. And I think all of those factors add to our depression and our anxiety. Yeah. I mean, we're sick. I mean, that's, as a society, one one in six Americans are on SSRIs, antidepressants, 43% of Americans are obese. I think like half of Americans are vitamin D deficient. We don't get enough sunlight. Um, We're sick. And this idea, you know, when going back to like social interactions, I, I noticed that, um, you know, someone will be talking and the programmed or like the conditioned response when someone is rattling off these sound points, sound bites is everyone goes yes yes totally a hundred percent everyone has to agree it's almost like they're liking the mm-hmm. the post like everyone has to like the post in in the group and if somebody says something that is you know challenges what that person is saying it, it becomes awkward like we we've, we've actually entered an era where it is now socially awkward to present an opposing viewpoint yeah, that's scary. That's scary. And, you know, a lot of people that I really respect on social media, um, well, I should say just doctors generally, ones that I were that I was, you know, following, actually learned from at um, the Institute of Integrated Nutrition, a lot of their um, content is no longer available, which um, mm-hmm. makes me sad because you're not able to see a lot of these really smart, respected opinions anymore. And... Yeah, that that is um, that is something that concerns me, no doubt. But yeah, it's almost like I mean, when and when you say no longer available, you mean either uh, you know uh, suspended or banned from the platform, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, or or there's some disclaimer under it that it's misinformation. But that actually bleeds into 
in-person conversation. Like, no, it's I almost know, like people yeah. are waiting for Instagram to come in and label it as <laughs> misinformation or something. Like, it, it's awkward in the moment when somebody says something that people aren't used to seeing on their feed. Yeah. But I think, like, ultimately, what I always come back to is that we're at this point point now in society that looks no other like it looks like no other time that we've experienced as we mentioned like 2001 9-11 days earlier that um things just look a lot different today when we experience trauma and um what we have what I'm starting to realize is what you've told me many times is that we're kind of at this breaking point you know mm-hmm. you've said that weak times build good men good men build what is it? It's this weak men create. So it, it goes into the cycles of human history. Yeah. And one way to look at this cycle is to say uh, weak men create hard times. Good times create weak. I'm sorry. I'm doing it uh, inversely. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And right now, that ostensibly, that's where we are, is that weak men create hard times and we're all having to navigate this environment where our approach to the world, economically, politically, um, is coming to a head and we're hitting a wall. Yeah, yeah. But the hard times create strong men. So we're in a hard time, so ostensibly, strong men are going to be created from this time. Is that correct? Am I understanding that correctly? I don't know. I mean, I guess that's, I the, hope so. that, that's, that's the theory. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's what hard times force everyone to do is it hardens you. Because well, I know, you have like, to go through trauma. That's yeah. where looking at our own life mm-hmm. and our own traumas, that's where most all of our growth has occurred. Yeah. Is that the consciousness arises through the pain and the suffering and that's where the, the, the true reflection, the honest reflection occurs where you say, what have I been doing? How did this happen? What can I do differently to prevent this happening in the future? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like anything that you see on a collective scale, you can sort of discern down to like a minute or a micro scale. Like mm-hmm. personally, when I've gone through my like my hardest times, like like you said, that's where I've done all my growth. And, you know, it reminds me of um, this Ram Dass quote that that I can do nothing for you but work on myself. And you can do nothing for me but work on yourself. And I bring, totally. and I bring that up because those hard times, I've been forced to go inwards and say, okay, I'm my own healer. Nobody's going to do this for me. How do I heal right now? And how do I make myself stronger? And through that, through that inwardness, (laughs) through that self-healing, have I become better towards humanity? My my spouse, you, you know, my sister, my my mom and dad. Like the more that I heal myself, the more loving I am as an individual towards society. And so I feel like, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm hoping I have faith that right now we're being forced in a sense to be like, okay, shit outside me is crazy. How can I become a better person for myself? You know, because right now I feel like we're sort of addicted to this quick fix chemical approach to life. Like it's sort of an an unproductive strategy because 
will never restore the ecosystems within nature or within ourselves and our human bodies without having sort of this new paradigm of building balance and res- resilience and sort of this like long-term health. Yeah, I well, that's pretty much what we talk about every single day. And that's been the general theme over the last year is getting to the point where we realized um, the quality of your thoughts dictate everything about your experience you have to create a mental and a spiritual filter because your thoughts and your feelings come from your own interpretation of your past and the events around you so when you think and feel a certain way those thoughts become a feedback loop that you experience over and over again and that feedback loop forms the lens through which you perceive everything and the lens through which you perceive everything influences the choices that you make and that's your behavior and your behavior determines everything that happens in your life or most everything that happens in your life. And I think the thing that I really had to come to terms with was that going back to the young quote, like I can't influence outward external events. No. I can't, no matter how hard I try, no matter how many conversations I have, no matter how compelling my arguments are, no matter how many facts that I present, um, to each their own. Everybody's going to have their own lens through which they view the world. And I need to just focus on my inward experience for my own mental sanity. And for everyone else, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it is a thing where it's, a, it's an owning your own experience. Like you have to take responsibility for your own mental state. I had to realize I'm down and depressed, not because of what's happening externally, but because of how I'm perceiving it and interpreting it internally. And it really started to hit me when I would audit like my own inputs, like what thoughts are running through my mind? What food am I putting in my body? Mm -hmm. Who am I surrounding myself with? What's on my news feed? What information am I exposing myself to? What are my social interactions like? Are they positively or negatively charged? Mm-hmm. And when I got to the point, I mean, it was it took a long time and it took many, many conversations of like dancing around it and like just finally grasping it together, I think, around the same time. Is that managing your own personal energy is the most important thing that you can do. Yeah, <laughs> energy is everything. I, um, I know for myself personally that one of the biggest ways that I've had to heal myself is knowing, and this, you know, it might kind of ring the wrong way for some people, but the answers don't exist outside of me. The answers are always within me. And this is a lesson I learned prior to even COVID, honestly, like what feels right to me doesn't have to be right to everyone else. Like right. like leaving law school, that really upset a lot of people in my yeah. family, you yeah. know? But that was right for me, you know? Yeah. And that might not not that might have not been right for somebody else in our law school class, but that was right for me in my unique circumstances, you know? And that's just a metaphor for any decision that you make in life, whether you get divorced, whether you um, you know, choose to invest in something or whatever, like you have to go within 
and trust yourself. And I feel like we're at this point too in society where we're always looking to outsource answers. Like, what should I do? Like, what's right? And and I know as a woman, and I think a lot of women could probably relate to me with this, as I mentioned earlier, like I am such a nurturing person. Mm-hmm. I am always looking to protect everyone outside of me before myself Mm -hmm. and this is where I've had to heal I've had to say okay Megan you are not going to be any good for anybody until you are strong within your own you know ecosystem (laughs) like you have to you have to manage yourself before you can even try to heal anyone else you know yeah and I mean it, it maybe sounds like overly hedonistic to people but you have to get clear on what you want to get out of life and you you're know? gonna be more loving towards others when you when you put yourself first, you know. Yeah, you you know, personally, like I want deep fulfillment. I want a spiritually rich life. I want beauty and love in my life. So, I have to be really careful where I'm placing my attention and my focus. I I want to be able to enjoy. Um, the other day, like when we went on a long walk and we put our feet in Lake Michigan. The sun was uh, beating down on us. We could hear the birds chirping. The we waves were crashing. Rocks. We were skipping rocks. The waves were crashing into our legs. And it's like, you know, I just got to let go of my desire to unfuck the world mm-hmm. and focus on my own state of being. And I just, I can't recommend that enough to just unplug from the matrix, block out the fear porn, get out of survival mode, and give yourself permission to maximally enjoy your own life find out what it is for you so like you know i discovered through this process that mind body connection just getting some movement in during the day absolutely essential for me and it can just be a walk even like you don't have to like go hard every single day no it's not it well maybe going hard is is your thing and maybe that's what makes you happy but experiment with that Mm -hmm. like you know something as simple as preparing my own meals Mm -hmm. you know just taking the time to to think about what do i want to eat what am i craving and let, let me go through the process of instead of just like whipping up something quick let me take the the time to uh cut the tomatoes and uh pick the herbs that i want to be part of the meal and pick the spices and put all of that effort into it and then just enjoy it. It it could be something as simple as that. I've seen you really improve in those ways recently where like you cut coffee, you know, (laughs) like Mm, I haven't even done that before, but you, you know, you went through the days and on day four or whatever, when you were feeling it and I was like, you want one? You're like, no, I'm not going to today. And you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to quit coffee or that everyone has to like go hard in the, in the gym every day, but it is about those lit, little things, those little promises to yourself. Like I am going to put my peace first today. And well, that, that's what it really was. Yeah. Was yeah. Experimenting and trying to figure out like, what do I want to get out of life? Well, mm-hmm. what I don't want is I don't want excessive thinking and racing thoughts. And I felt that having too much caffeine mm-hmm. was directing me towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed it most like, I would get in the car and I would have some place to go and between leaving and getting to the next destination, 
the whole time I'd be thinking about what I have to do once I get there and um, I'd be sort of anxious and impatient and I don't want to like necessarily blame it on coffee or caffeine, but I just felt like that was one thing that was amplifying that process and weaning myself off caffeine, albeit I will warn you that for me personally, the withdrawal symptoms were hard to get through. I had for like four days, yeah. I was mentally foggy. I had headaches. My body sort of ached. Um, and I only have like a one cup, cup of morning. coffee, yeah. one cup of coffee in the morning. But um, I noticed just, I was more present. I, I was not obsessively thinking about the future and what else I needed to do that day. And that was such a welcomed relief from the world that we're in of constant stimulus and constant thinking. Like mm -hmm. thinking is in its own way um, a real danger to being. Being. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To to having to enjoying and getting fulfillment out of life. Yeah. I think um, for me, I escape the thinking and tune into being when I put myself in nature. That's been sort of my medicine recently is like earthing my feet in the mm -hmm. ground, like yeah. putting my feet in the water of Lake Michigan or even just the grass and just like listening to the birds, looking at the wind flow through the, the trees and, and the sunshine. Like I am such a believer in the sun as like a life force. And I, um, that, that's been my medicine recently is that connection to nature. And if that sounds hippy dippy to anybody, <laughs> like that should be a real strong reminder that like, We've lost connection with uh, yeah. the, the human earth. You mean earthing my feet? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think some people would look at that and be like, what do you mean? You're walking barefoot outside and you, you think that has some benefit to you? Well, um, we've evolved from this planet. Like, we are part of nature, human beings. We you are. Know, we're water. We're, we're you know, we, we come we're from this earth. earth. Yes, yeah. we're made of earth. I just, yeah, I mean... Especially when, if you live in a city and you're surrounded by glass and concrete and you spend most of your life inside of an office under blue light mm -hmm. and you come home and you prepare something in the microwave and then you get on your phone and scroll until yeah. you fall asleep. I mean, like, it makes complete sense to me that we're in this anxiety, depressed culture right now. That on top of technology, you know, I mean, you mentioned technology, but social media and those pressures too. And, and that's what's been really tough to when we have you know in this narrow way a focus on health well uh, i i think something you know we go back to nature you go back to like preparing your meals and moving your body like i think the root of all of it when when i'm being really honest and something i learn more all the times is that we're actually very primal creatures. Totally. Like we're not supposed to be in front of screens we're not supposed to be locked inside of a cubicle nine to five like we need to be walking barefoot. We need to be walking in nature. We need to be in, in silence sometimes. Like we don't, we don't need to have all this constant information all the time. So a lot of times when, when I'll get a DM, like, what do I do? I'm not like somebody who meditates or whatever. Maybe just take three deep breaths, you know, just have like five minutes of silence. Just like get back to sort of your primal qualities. You know? I mean, isn't that scary though? Yeah. That like three deep breaths seems like an impossible task to some <laughs> people. Like, 
and I say that as somebody who really struggled meditating at first, Mm -hmm. it was... And still sometimes. And still sometimes, of course. Like, um, I actually really enjoy meditating in the sauna. If you have access to a sauna at our gym that we go to, we have a sauna and steam room. room, And after my workouts, um, I'll put the phone uh, in the locker and I'll go to the sauna and I'll sit down. I I think you do the same, right? Well, I think, yeah, I do. And what's nice about the sauna is the heat actually sort of naturally slows down your heart beat. I don't know if it slows it. Yeah, it slows it down. It feels that way. (laughs) I don't have any signs to this, but I know that when I'm in the sauna, I can like feel my body pulse in a way. Well, it increases blood flow. Yeah, yes. And I feel more connected to my physical body in a way than when I'm like just, you know, sitting in a cold room or something. Yeah. And that just that solitude and that focus on breath and connecting to your body, um, it's... It's so important in a society where we're just inundated with stimulus all the time. Emails, texts, mm-hmm. ping, ping, ping all the time. And we need space, at least I know for me, I need space to digest my own feelings, mm-hmm. to understand what's going on and just checking in with myself because we're just constantly we're constantly fed other people's opinions and other people's emotions and we're told how to feel about this event and that event Mm -hmm. and we don't do a whole lot of sitting with ourselves Mm -hmm. and asking you know how does michael feel about everything that's going on do do i even feel a, a, a certain way about this event that's going on in the world um and like i said it, it might sound hedonistic or, or selfish but you you need to give i am giving myself permission to focus on maximizing my own happiness yeah. and my own meaning in life and i think by doing that i can be a better person and i can be more helpful to other people mm-hmm. than than trying to convince other people to look at information that they're not looking at or think about things differently. You know, that that's not, and I, I think some people sort of take on that role. You know, you go on Instagram and some people, you know, every day they're just broadcasting their, their voice and their opinion on matters. And I think that's important too. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of free speech and freedom of expression. And I think it's great when people express themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that like, circling back to what you originally said about not doing podcasts regularly like i think that's why i've been reluctant to do it because i haven't always had enough time to figure out what i really think about things yeah and i don't want to get on and just start talking when my ideas are half-baked and i'm not i don't have high conviction of what of what i'm saying yeah and we're all working on such limited imperfect information Mm -hmm. there's this information asymmetry where even the experts like are struggling to understand what's going on so how can i possibly understand what's going on yeah like i said before i think we're at this breaking point where we have to just go back to ourselves (laughs) we have to come back to ourselves you know in order to improve the world and um 
you know, when I use social media and things like that, there are days that I struggle, like how much do I want to like overtly speak of my opinion? And then I'm just like, you know what? Maybe it's better that I just capture this really pretty sunlight and I share it with with people. Or maybe it's better that I just like share what I'm preparing for myself to nourish my body these days or whatever, because that I think is going to speak so much more volumes to people than me being like, this is what I read today. And did you see this statistic that could be disproven by this next statistic or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be that in this world today. I I don't, I don't want to be tethered to, I don't want my feelings and my emotions and my joy and my gratitude for life to be tethered to external events. Mm -hmm. You know, I want that to originate internally, and I want that to always be the case. Mm-hmm. If things are going really well in the world, I'm happy. If things are going terribly in the world, I'm still trying to find happiness and yeah. meaning. You know, mm-hmm. we've always been really touched by Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. You know, that's the right approach, I it think. It is. Is, yeah. is always waking up with the intention of, I'm not going to let anything that happens today dictate how I feel internally. My internal state is my own responsibility. And I'm going to do whatever I need to do, set whatever boundaries I need to set, structure my day so that I can have that. Yeah. That's on me. Yeah. So there are all these little like tangible things that we that we try to do. And I do think they make a big difference of sort of like micro habits as James Clear calls them, whether Mm -hmm. it's like meditating in the sauna or moving your body or eating you know plants because i do believe there's sort of this energy exchange between plants and their absorption of like you know their photosynthesis and how we absorb that and things like that um but beyond those little those little micro things that we can do for ourselves those tangible things i think that we as a society have to have faith in humanity totally you know, like this is something that I have said overtly on social media is like, I have so much more faith in human beings than I do these sort of power systems. Mm-hmm. You know, like I am so much more interested in how we as a collective, how we can come together and unify despite our differences rather than telling or rather than some sort of person telling us how we should go about our lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that that's a, a lesson that I've had to learn the hard way. Um, because I think you're, you're naturally optimistic, I would say, <laughs> um, maybe yeah. even irrationally optimistic. Um, and I think my analytical mind leads me to lean pessimistic like you're pessimistic about humanity like my vision for the future you know sometimes you look at what's going on and you see bodies falling off you know jets and you you just get you you know you you connect the dots and you look down the line and you just wonder like what is this world going to look like in three or four or ten years and sometimes when i'm filling in the blanks like that looks like a very dark world that um that causes me to to experience a lot of fear about the future, mm-hmm. and I realize again that's on me. Yeah, you know, like because, I, I need yeah. to make sure mm-hmm. that in my vision of the future, mm-hmm. that I have faith in the best possible outcomes, and that I have faith in humanity. Whether or not that's what the future looks like, I have to do that for my own sanity. And even if you don't like what you're seeing in humanity. 
You have to have faith. You have to trust that underneath that ugliness, people are good. You have to have faith in that. And, you know, we only see the worst shit on (laughs) social media. Like, you know, you don't tend to, you know, turn on Channel 4 News and hear good story and positive story after positive story. You know, you hear about the murders and about taxes being increased and what's going on in the Middle East and the virus spreading and... It's just imagine what our life would be like. I think you said this the other day when we were on a walk. If for like a month we weren't allowed to use news or social media and we all had to just go back to like we've talked about those sort of primal days of what would it be like if that was like an experiment where you had a month to like to not be on screens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I want someone to like create white mirror. Like yeah. the opposite of Black Mirror. And it's like the absence of technology yeah. and how like the whole world would just be like happy Amish people. Oh my gosh. Maybe we should create that series. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, but yeah, I, I have to lean optimistic and have I have to plant my roots in having faith in humanity that we will work through. You have the... to break in order to come back stronger. You have to. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I, I don't. This was sort of a. <laughs> I don't know if it was a confused conversation. conversation. No, but I mean, I think the general theme is like shit is hard. Try not to judge because everybody is just trying to do their best based on their circumstances. And there are things that you can do, tangible things, but also in terms of just like connecting to yourself and having faith in humanity in order to get through the hard times. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Stay strong. And we're sending Um, so much love to all of you. I hope you enjoyed this. If you have any comments, please let me know, either through Instagram or I think you can even comment on these things. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I want to know, um, you know, what what you are all doing to stay sane and stay positive. Megan will show me all the time the messages that she gets on Instagram whether it's cooking advice or uh, just holistic practices. And you guys blow me away. Uh, we've, we always learn uh, from, and it's just, it's just so beautiful to see people connecting um, in a time like this in a positive way. Mm-hmm. There is, there's a lot of beauty out there, guys. Like I've had people from all over the world. Like I had a pretty long conversation with a woman from, Norway the other day and it's just um it's really beautiful there is a lot of beauty out there and and just have faith in that in the beauty yeah like you said it 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 might appear that times uh are very dark and I think in a lot of ways like like we said we are going through hard times but generally you know when you go and you talk to your neighbor or you talk to someone you have a long-form conversation with someone online people are good-natured and people i think the natural state of humanity is love and we're all love with barriers i think if we if we can remember that yeah and we can we can embrace that we we will come out of this better and we will come out of this stronger and I think that we, there, there are very bright times ahead for, for humanity. There is. So with that, we're signing off. 
Sending all of you love. Thanks for listening.